Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today on Housing Wire Daily, I'm joined by Managing Editor James Kleiman to talk about Fed rate hikes, home prices, second quarter earnings, layoffs, and so much more. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Oh, always great to have you on. I know this week has been crazy busy, uh, news coming out of our ears. Um, So probably one of the biggest things is the Fed's rate hike, right? So 75 basis points, not unexpected, but still having a lot of reverberations through the mortgage industry. So let's talk about some of the um, stories that our reporters have been covering. Yeah. So, you know, the the first one, of course, is the rate hike happened. (laughs) And, um, and, And I think pretty much, you know, everybody expected it would either be 75 basis points or 100 basis points if the Fed was going to get extremely aggressive. I mean, like historically, even or even more historically aggressive than they have been uh, to date. And and you know, I, I think the 75 basis point hike on the benchmark rate does signify that the Fed is taking inflation extremely seriously, and they are going to keep, uh, even though the car is no gas, they're going to keep pushing it down the hill. And uh, you know, they're they're really very strongly focused on just cooling it off. And and there's a man I. I wish I could remember exactly how the quote goes, but it's, it's basically a comparison between inflation and alcoholism from Milton Friedman from way back then. And, you know, in the beginning, like everything seems fun and great. And then you really pay for both later. And um, I'm, I'm completely bastardizing that quote, of course. But, you know, the, the real issue being we had such a heated economy for so long that there was always going to be a recession or maybe not always a recession, but there was always going to be a downturn. I think it's the suddenness with which this has happened that has really surprised a lot of people and, and really created a lot of the the uh, the challenges we've seen in the market, especially the mortgage market, you know, over the last six months, give or take, six, seven months. And, um, you know, and then that we're, we're starting to see a lot of players in the industry reckoning with that, you know, and, and now that the second quarter earnings are out for some of the companies, you know, we, we see how much of an impact those, those rates and the, the high fives sixes uh, really had on uh, on operations and you know historic levels of layoffs in, in some sectors and uh, you know it's the, those reverberations are, are great and, and they're they're felt by everyone you know it, housing is is so conditioned to 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 respond to to the cost of borrowing and um, you know there's there's just no way to avoid it if you're if your clients are seeing a you know a thirty to fifty percent increase in their their pricing, you know, their actual pricing, what they pay for a house or an apartment or whatever, um, you know, no industry can survive uh, unscathed. And, uh, you know, so we're seeing certain mortgage lenders, you know, the biggest ones are down 30 to 75%, you know, in the second quarter, um, you know, freedom uh, down massively, right? Rocket down massively. They're still big lenders. They're still doing really well, uh, you know, historically speaking. But um, there's just there's no way to not take your lumps. And really, the question now is, how long will this continue? You know, the Fed has signaled that they're going to continue to hike rates, and we're going to see additional hikes probably throughout the year. You know, I, I think they're they're watching gas gas prices very closely. They're watching housing prices very closely, uh, but the reality is that 
you know, they're, they're at what, 9.1 and they want to get to a target of two. So they're, they're going to keep hiking. They have to keep hiking. And it's just, they don't have a lot of tools. You know, you look at other economies, like check out what's been going on in the UK. They've been just as battered, you know, every economy is going to be hit by these same conditions. We're all trying to figure out, you know, what does the economy look like post pandemic? If, if you believe that we're, you know, in some ways out of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I, I think the real hope now is when the calendar turns to 2023, are we looking at a very different environment? Are we looking at heck even, you know, a refi boom in, in the not so you know distant future? Are we looking at, um, you know, a, a different market for purchase where rates have stabilized and, you know, more, more people have entered the market and, uh, you know, they're, they're coming back and they're, they're trading. Um, but it's, it's still too soon to see what exactly is going to happen. You know, I think the fed is taking it month by month and, uh, you know, as a result, we have to as well. We've got tons of great coverage up on the site. Um, not just that first story, but the follows on, you know, what this means for the mortgage market specifically. And so we have a, an article about how this is going to affect competition. Um, one of the silver line, linings in having higher rates is that, and, and we should say that the, the rate hasn't skyrocketed after that initial, um, real shock to the system where it got, got above six in a really short period of time. You know, we're not seeing seven, eight, nine, right? This is not the 1970s. Um, still having huge, huge effects. And really, um, since yesterday, um, we're, we're recording this on Thursday. The Fed's rate hike was on Wednesday. You know, the the mortgage interest rate goes up and down based, you know, based on a lot of factors. So, but we're not, we, we're not expecting that to just skyrocket, but even in the mid fives or the early, you know, the, the sixes, which you talked about, we do have uh, mortgage demand reaching the lowest level in two decades. And, and it's not just the mortgage interest rate. It's the fact that house prices went up so much in the last two years. So you had that run up in house prices, you've got mortgage interest rates higher and you have the, you know, the very real fact of inflation. So exactly what the Fed is trying to control, which is the Inflation also, you know, hits home buyers on on two fronts. If you're spending much more on consumer goods, on gas, on food, on everything else, um, combined with, you know, maybe that by itself wouldn't be a thing, but combined with higher rates, combined with the really higher prices, I mean, it's going to make people think twice, and it's made a lot of people just decide to sit on the the sidelines. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's also the stock market. You know, a lot of people in the the middle class and the upper middle class have have uh, in the last fifteen years benefited hugely from the stock market and from from the value uh, of you know being, or even the flexibility of just being able to tap you know different accounts beyond just raw income. And the stock market is down. You know, I, I haven't looked at my four hundred one k in a few weeks because I've been too scared, frankly. Uh, but it's uh, it, it hasn't been looking so great, right? And and this is going to be true for most people out there. And so to your point, Sarah, we're definitely going to see more people drop out. We're going to see, you know, less competition in a lot of the markets. I mean, in Texas, right? Austin has been unbelievably hot. Are we going to see 15 bids on a house? Are we going to see people dropping all, you know, waiving all contingencies? Are we going to see people, you know, (laughs) negotiating against fantastical ideas. Um, I think probably not. Those days are probably over. You know, good homes always sell. And, and you ask any high-performing real estate agent and they always say it's it's 
pricing stupid. It's always about price. And there's always a market for something, right? You know, it's not like these are toxic assets. There are still demographic reasons that a lot of people want and need housing. And uh, especially given that the rental market has been just as hot, you know, it's it's not like you get any relief on the rental side. And and it's easy to think of real estate as, as sort of like this monolith, right? It's it's going to be felt differently depending on the market that you're in. And so, you know, I have a lot of family in the Raleigh-Durham Research Triangle area. That's going to remain a really hot market, right? Because you have tech companies moving in, you have a ton of world-class research universities, you have a lot of very favorable demographic changes uh, that, that have created, um, you know, just much higher home prices. And you don't have the opportunity to, to just, you know, um, get whatever you want, whenever you want. So that's going to remain a hot market, but it's not going to be the kind of market where if my father, for example, wanted to list his home, uh, he's going to get 20 bids, you know, before nightfall, right? You'll probably see one or two, maybe three, and, and that's a relatively healthy market, all things considered. The question, you know, is, is really going to come down to price. And um, we've seen in a lot of markets, incredible price appreciation, you know, uh, the, the sort of going to zoom economy that has sprouted up in, in places like Boise and, and other areas, the Zoom towns, as they call them, you know, are, are they going to remain, um, you know, so filled with helium? I would say probably not. You know, you're going to see prices come down. Are they going to come down 20%? Are they going to come down 30%, 50%? No, probably not. Are they going to remain flat? Yeah, most likely, depending on where you are. Um, and that's, that's a big change from where we've been the last few years. And so, you know, that doesn't mean that you know, somebody needs to pray for rain, you know, or that, that you need to get your, uh, you know, your lucky socks on. But it's um, it's going to be uh, a lot more difficult for real estate agents if they don't have a really strong network of leads, if they don't have really good partnerships, because there just aren't as many, you know, fish that, that are going to jump on the line. And so, you know, it, it makes it tougher for loan officers. It makes it tougher for pretty much everybody in the housing space, but it's not like the market evaporates overnight. You know, like even, even in the, you know, Sarah, you talked about when, when mortgage rates in you know, the seventies were double digits and uh, it, it was a huge economic mess overall, people still bought houses, you know, I mean, will they do it at the same velocity as the last two years? No, probably not. Uh, but it's, it's still going to be a pretty solid market if, you know, you have the skills and you have the network to to get ahead of it. And that's true for both the real estate brokers and agents and for the mortgage originators and lenders. I think this is all really good points, especially because, you know, the Case Shiller report that came out this week, what it showed is that like prices are moderating, but they're still increasing. I mean, I I, I believe we're still in the double digits, right? Uh, on an average. Um, yeah. So, you know, home price growth nationwide uh, posted 19.7% annual gain. I mean, 19.7%. And we know that that, you know, Case Shiller lags a little bit. So maybe we're, we're down in the 15%. But like, yeah, I believe that's from May, right? Yeah, that is a huge increase, right? And especially when you consider the fact that last year, a lot of those markets were 30% up. And then the year before that, they might have been 20% up. So we still have quite a ways to come. But I think that you're going to see it most in like those boom towns, the, the pandemic boom towns, which I, you know, I bought in the pandemic. Um, ended up selling for different reasons. But um, I do think that you still have some pent up demand among that luxury, you know, among like people who wanted that, um, 
things. So, so we'll have to see, but it really is like everything else in the real estate market, very local. Um, some of those same stats showed that I think six out of the 10 hottest markets in the country are in Florida and their home price appreciation is like of those six, I think it starts like 28% and goes into the thirties. And that's, that's this year over last year, which was already crazy. So it is really such an interesting time. Yes, things are moderating. You do still have sellers who are trying to adjust to this new reality. I just sold a home. I just bought a home. And and when you talked about, you know, people have reasons for doing that. Did I go, oh, wow, it's because I'm at the top of uh, top of the market or I'm doing this. No, it's because we were moving to be closer to family. And and that reason, whether it's, you know, I'm I'm trying to get the best deal. I tried to get the best deal I could in context, but Given the circumstances, right. under circumstances, but the circumstances are I'm moving. So it is just so interesting. And really, it will be interesting to see over the next year, will, whether price prices, home prices and home price appreciation slows to the point that's like, much more normal because we're still not even at normal. 19% still not normal. And in various markets where it's 20 and 30%, that's not normal. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of those markets, things are definitely cooling and, and probably have, uh, again, because the Case-Shiller index is is lagging from, from May, we don't know exactly what it looks like, but I, I can tell you that, you know, it's, it's taking longer to sell homes in those markets. And um, even though the prices remain pretty high, you know, usually days on market is a pretty good indicator of, of demand and, and um, you know, general interest and, and whether, you know, these, these are going to remain stable. Um, I don't think we're going to see 20% price appreciations in a lot of those markets because also like, if you wanted to make the move to Boise, like you probably did already. That's a good point. And that doesn't mean that, you know, there aren't other people that are going to be going there. Certainly people have family and friends in Boise and, and it will remain, you know, a very viable real estate market. But if you were among, you know, all the people in, in California or the Pacific Northwest and, and, and you decided, you know what, I, I want to be in, in a different kind of environment. I want my other costs to be really low. And, you know, for $1 million in California, look what I can get in Boise. I mean, you can't get that in Boise anymore. And that's because, you know, these, these home prices uh, appreciate so, so much, and there's just not enough inventory to keep up. And so, you know, demand is going to drop and we're going to start to see in a lot of areas, just these things are going to linger, you know, a a home that maybe took 10 days to sell is now going to take three weeks or four weeks to sell, which normal, right? That's how it used to be. And, um, you know, that's going to make things a lot more difficult for real estate agents because so many of them were just able to rack up volume. And, and to be frank, a lot of them didn't have to work very hard to sell homes during the pandemic. You know, or if you're a loan officer, like you didn't have to work as hard doing a refi, you know, not many refis now, right? Who's right. refining and, you know, <laughs> in the high fives, not many people, you know? And so th- this is, you know, what a lot of the reporters in the newsroom say is the sources they talk to say, this is very much a skills-based market. And if you don't have good products to sell, if you don't have a network, if you don't have the ability um, to pivot quickly or uh, the liquidity to, to wait out, you know, maybe a slow period in your individual market, it's going to be really tough. And, and we had record numbers of, of people enter these industries. It's almost like a like gold prospecting of, of the 1870s. You know, like we just had a lot of people who were looking for money. And as they should, you know, this is America. Great, fine. There's nothing immoral or wrong about that. But, you know, if, if you're not able to really set up a foundation to make money in other market environments, 
you're you're going to have to find another job that does and and that's the the cold reality of it for a lot of people um but we're we're going to see you know disproportionately agents in hot markets uh that don't have their own book of business just get washed out and uh, same is true of LOs as well. You know, um, on Real Trends, uh, which is one of the HW Media sites, next week I believe they're they're going to release the results of the survey they do of different brokerages. And one of the questions that the editorial director Tracy Velt asked is like, "How many people in your brokerage this is their first down cycle?" And it's a pretty big number. I just, I'll, I'll let her reveal that next week, but it's a pretty big number as it's not surprising because we know that in the pandemic period, you had people who are like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to join real estate. You had a huge surge of new real estate agents and and that was maybe great for, for a little bit, but this is to your point, that's going to be challenging. But even if you've been around for a while, um, unless you were here during 2008, I mean, this not that we're at that level, but as far as like slowdown of volume, I do believe that this is such a different a different market. Yeah, and and I don't know what the number is. I'm I'm as excited to find out as you are, uh, but it's um, it's going to be pretty high. You know, think about how many agents have entered the field since like let's be generous and say like 2011. Right, tons, I mean, millions probably. Right. Yep. And so, you know, I I was barely out of college when, when the recession started. Not the best job market to enter, by the way. Uh, fortunately, I was really smart and I chose a very lucrative, uh, high-growth career like journalism. And, uh, <laughs> and so it's been great. It's been fine. You know, no, no challenges over the last decade plus. But, um, but you know, we're, we're going to, to see, again, as I mentioned, just how do you do price cuts? If you've never had to do that regularly, how do you talk to your seller when the buyer just cancels on the contract. Maybe you have legal recourse, maybe you don't. Do you want to do it even if you have the option? You know, I mean, they're, they're going to be <laughs> tasked with, with a lot of things that they didn't have to previously deal with because there was always a buyer. You know, there was always a price somebody would pay, um, you know, and, and we just didn't see market conditions change so dramatically over such a short period of time. And that's going to change you know, how you approach your clients and, and how you approach marketing and how brokerages decide to invest their resources that will benefit you. Um, and, and the same is true in LOs as well, right? Like how many of the 40, 400 or so mortgage lenders in America are going to survive, you know, three or four plus quarters of, um, you know, volume that drops 50%, let's say, for argument's sake. A lot of them are not built to sustain those kinds of headwinds, you know, and and this isn't a shot at them because if if this happened in say like the windsurfing industry and you saw a fifty percent drop you know in like you know your your client base or sales volume like how many of them could survive right, right? I mean this is this is not a value judgment this is just the, the economics are so so much driven by larger economic uh, changes and conditions and and. People have done this for a while now and they have a few tricks up their sleeve where they know, you know, where, where to find leads or, or know how to, to make it through, you know, a rough winter. Um, but if you've never done it before, that could be daunting. That, that statistically means a lot will wash out, period. There's just, it is a zero sum game. There are only so many houses that will be for sale. There are only so many homes that will be homes that will be sold. And there are only so many buyers out there. 
you know, and, and you just, there are a lot more real estate agents than there are homes for sale. And it's not just real estate agents. We know that, you know, the, the home, the housing industry is a huge driver of our economy. So you think about um, just the, our, in our audience, you have people at title companies. I mean, lower volume affects people at title companies, title insurance, settlement, um, appraisers. In, in every way that you look at in this huge ecosystem, people are being affected. Now, last week, you and I talked about layoffs. Um, I don't think we've had any, you know, we haven't had that you know, tidal wave of layoffs uh, news, at least this week so far. Um, so, so that's good news. Maybe we've gotten to an equilibrium after, after the jobs that have been cut. What, what are your, what's your sense there? Uh, I'm smirking a little bit. No, nobody can, can see me. Uh, <laughs> that's why I asked. <laughs> this, is a, <laughs> this is a podcast, of course, uh, but, but I'm smirking because we have heard that there are still layoffs happening and, and we are reporting them out. We just don't have uh, the, the confirmation needed right now to, to feel good about publishing, but um, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and we continue to hear that there are cuts at, at a lot of big and medium sized shops. We, we hear frequently about smaller firms that are looking to consolidate or get eaten up by, by a bigger fish in the market. And so, you know, I, I don't think that, um, anyone is under any illusion that this is, uh, suddenly, you know, a, a great market and, and that their fundamentals have changed, um, even if rates solidify and say the mid fives, just think about how many shops in 2020 and 2021 were straight up just built to churn refis. Yep. To lap up as much refi business through a call center. And then I guess hope that it works out in the next cycle, that you're nimble enough to, to get it sorted. Uh, even though, you know, some of your competitors may have, you know, been better positioned for purchase, you know, it just, they're not all going to be. Um, and so if you were just a straight up call center lender in 2020 and 2021, you know, mortgages like it, when it's not so complicated that no one's done it before that you can't build a new mortgage lender, like it does happen. Of course it happens. Um, but it's also not such a quick business that you can build one overnight and, and suddenly be ready to rock and roll and have your own, you know, there, there are so many things that you need to set up and, and, you know, getting personnel is difficult and, and, you know, building a culture and building, um, you know, what are you doing on the secondary side? You know, how are you, are you licensed with, with Benny and Freddie? Are you, you know, have you figured out the appraisal component or, or title? Like there, there's just, there's so much um, that needs to be managed. And if you haven't done that, because you were focused on a very different type of business, you, you can't just snap your fingers and turn, you know, it's, it's just not achievable. And so, you know, we, we already see some of them are, are going under or just calling it quits or, or, uh, you know, looking to, to get eaten up. And um, I think that's going to, to continue throughout the rest of the year and probably into the new year as well, because we're not going to, to magically hit a refi environment that, that sustains or supports, um, you know, the volume needed, even with, let's say, a, a rise in purchase business. You know, I think it'd be interesting for the listeners to know, you know, what is the process that you guys go through in the newsroom to to report on a layoff? So at, at what point do you have enough confirmation? Obviously, if somebody puts out a press release, but, but we're getting tips all the time. So yeah. kind of walk us through what that looks like. Yeah, it comes in a lot of different forms. Um, in most cases... We receive a tip from someone who was laid off or who works at the lender or, or you know, real estate company or real estate tech company. You know, again, everyone is affected by, by the current market. Um, and so we start from that point. We ask for proof. We, we try to 
get, you know, whether it's an email or, or some sort of, um, you know, document that will allow us to verify independently that, in fact, this job action, as they typically call them, uh, did take place. And then, of course, we always reach out to the company for comment and we give them time to, to respond. Um, and then, you know, we, we try to narrow narrow down the specifics and figure out, okay, how many people were like, oh, were they in a specific office or region or certain type of job? You know, at least in mortgage, it's very often underwriters and process folk and, and recruiters typically, right? Like not a lot of recruiting happening when you're laying off, you know, a few hundred other people. Um, and so, so we try to do that. We always try to get second confirmation or third confirmation before we end up, you know, pressing the button. And so we use LinkedIn, we use our network of sources. We know a lot of people throughout the industry. So we will, uh, we will do, you know, kind of classic <laughs> shoe leather reporting and, and uh, find people who can confirm it and, and who don't have a dog in the fight, who don't have, you know, incentive to, to lie about something. And, and, uh, you know, we, we always try to be as respectful as possible because layoffs are, um, you know, I, I would like to think that most lenders and the people who enact layoffs do not want to do them and, and honestly view them as a last resort. That's not the case in, in you know, every uh, layoff. Um, but we, we try to be sympathetic to the people that are affected and, and also um, to, to those who, who have to make the call because the business just doesn't support, you know, the, the number of people on payroll. Um, but, but we are going to report them. It is newsworthy. It is something our audience wants to know about. And so, you know, we, we feel that it is our responsibility as an outlet to report on, you know, all of the major shifts happening in the industry. And so, you know, when Lone Depot lays off or announces plans to lay off 5,000 people, we want to get even more in depth. We want to figure out where and and how that manifests and what kind of severance packages they offer and, and you know, what, what that means for the people who have been laid off. And I've been doing a lot of reporting um, about what the options and opportunities are for people who have now found themselves uh, without a position in an industry that is contracting uh, significantly. And, um, and it's really, really difficult. It's really challenging. And, and even today, you know, I, I go on LinkedIn and uh, I see people who are looking for jobs uh, find themselves the victims of scammers. People who say, oh, I got you a job. And then they get all their information and they hack. It's, it's really, really sad. And there are a lot of, uh, terrible psychological tolls that that being laid off takes as well. And so we're really trying to provide both a resource, but news uh, about, you know, how how this uh, affects both the lender, the the larger kind of piece of the business uh, mortgage, and, and also the, the human side, because there are actual people who are looking for jobs and, and who are you know, they're, they're nervous, they're stressed, they're worried. They're, they're also in most cases, very competent, you know, and, and people who absolutely can do a job for someone um, or, or have translatable skills that could work in another industry. And, and there are a lot of, you know, related industries that are connected to mortgage that aren't pure mortgage. Right. And so we are, we are really trying to be diligent and trying to be thoughtful in how we approach our coverage and, and uh, you know, remind the, the folks on the other side of the screen that these are humans and and um, it could be you and in, in you know in the next round and and um, and uh, you know just just try to provide as as a strong coverage as we can possibly provide and so if anybody is interested you know in in uh, helping us carry out this mission you know please email me it's james at hwmedia.com uh, or, or any of the reporters at our newsroom uh, easy to find them 
And, uh, you know, we, we'd love to hear from you. And we, we always grant anonymity if, if you're worried or scared that, that this might trigger, you know, an NDA complaint or whatever. Uh, but we are, you know, sensitive to the fact that most people are not in the position to, uh, you know, to toss aside severance. And, uh, and, and we still think it's newsworthy and, and we will absolutely honor uh, anonymity requests 100%. Thank you for walking um, walking our listeners through that because we do get, I see all those things coming over. And I think it's important to say too that, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the way that we vet those because there's all sorts of false, uh, you know, narratives going around, at, not so much on layoffs uh, at this point. Uh, we've had to deal with that on different issues in the past, but, you know, on layoffs, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, we're not just going to report something because someone's like, hey, I heard this or, hey, this was it. It's like, you know, we, we really need to know that that actually happened. And that does happen. You know, I have I have definitely had some people with, um, you know, I, I don't want to question their their motives, but but they have said things that we've, you know, they, they work at a competitor, uh, a different mortgage lender. And what we found is is absolutely not the case that no layoffs were not, in fact, made. And, um, you know, I, I think. Maybe they just heard a bad rumor and, uh, you know, or maybe it's a bad game of telephone or something, but, but yeah, we, we always make sure to take the next step and verify and, and, uh, and we're going to continue to do that because that's, that's our obligation to the readers. We love to be first, but we like to be right even yeah. more. So we like to be uh, right and first <laughs> is, what, is what we're looking for. Well, ideally, yes. Well, uh, James, thanks so much for taking your time to come on. I would point our listeners to the amazing amount of coverage that we have on everything that's happening this week, including the rate uh, the rate hike, but also lots of other things. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the fact that the SECURE Act passed um, the yeah. House. So we're one step closer to um, you know having Ron be legal. Uh, nationwide, which was is huge, and we we expected this. This should happen. have happened years ago. Should have happened, and we thought this Secure uh, Act pass was going to pass in the very first, um, you know, if not late last year. Oh, we're going to see it in the first quarter. Here it is, July, and it just passed the House. So, tons of news on there. Appreciate you as always. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW+, membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.